Welcome to another episode of Artists Exposed with me, Tim Moss. This week, my guest is Mike Drayden, uh, actor and writer and producer of Last Call. But first, why don't we take a listen to one of my singles called Get Your Girl On. Enjoy. I ask my dear friends, what do I need to do to get a good man? And this is what they told me. If you want a man to marry you one day, just pay close attention to all I have to say. You need to change things. For example, how you dress. Are you a man? Are you a woman? It's anyone's guess. You've got to get your girl on. Let your lady loose. Show all the boys your sexy caboose. Loosen up your wall. Play a little shy. Catch all the eyes of the boys passing by. Show a little leg, a little cleavage too. Let out the sexy hidden woman in you. Those pants are not flattering. You need a short skirt. You need a nice top, not a big man's shirt. Let's lose those glasses, let your eyes shine through Let your hair hang down, now that's the real you You've got to get your girl on, let your lady loose Show all the boys your sexy caboose Loosen up your wall, play a little shy Catch all the eyes of the boys passing by Show a little leg, a little cleavage too Let out the sexy hidden woman in you I'm feeling good like I'm ready to go Out into the world and put on a show You've got to get your girl on Let your lady loose Show all the boys your sexy caboose Loosen up your wall, play a little shy Catch all the eyes of the boys passing by Show a little leg, a little cleavage too Let out the sexy hidden woman in you Show a little leg, a little cleavage too let out the sexy hidden woman in you. Get your girl on. Hello, hello, hello there. Welcome to another episode of Artists Exposed with me, Tim Moss. Yay. This week, I sat down with my good buddy, Mike Drayden. Yay! Yes, and we sit down and talk about all kinds of things, about the entertainment industry, about um, his growing up, coming out, and getting into entertainment and acting, uh, his stint in porn, in gay porn, and uh, his web series, which is called Last Call. So we've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's get to it. 
Please enjoy my coverage and interview of Mike Drayden. Welcome back to Artists Exposed with Tim Moss, right here on UBC TV. We were just watching a clip from Last Call, which um, it stars. Well, we'll start with starring. Okay. It stars Mike Drayden here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I am you. wonderful. Good to see you. Likewise, likewise. Well, I mean, you, it doesn't stop at star. You no. produce and write and direct and yeah. Um, it's it's been a labor of love. It's a uh, you know. Everything I put myself into to, to create mm-hmm. it, and um, I'm just happy that it, we got off the ground. Uh, it was uh-huh. a long road, and yeah. as you know, you know things like this. It takes a long time to get from point A to point D. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> point B to broadcast. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's just and there's it's such a huge process going from beginning to end. Now, the clip that we just seen. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, um, that was uh, episode where um, Robert Mycinet, who plays my brother mm-hmm. David Ocean, my character's name is Leo Ocean. Um, we're uh, we're at odds. We're half brothers, and um, he wants me to come back to the family business which is real estate okay um which was one of my many past lives as an agent uh-huh. and um in the episode uh we talk about um our dad who um i discover that he has cancer and uh, mm-hmm. he doesn't have very long to live and mm-hmm. um i really am not wanting to get back into the family business uh-huh. i want i want to do my own thing and Ultimately, Leo's dream is to open his own bar because that's what he loves. He uh-huh. likes nightlife. He likes being in nightlife and those things. So, um, but as a way to, to make ends meet, um, early on, he says, "Hey, why not? I'll just try porn," you know, <laughs> which is one of my many past lives. And uh, he does that, but uh, uh, David doesn't know yet. So uh-huh. uh, uh, that's part of the discovery. Uh, in that scene where in, in, in that episode too it's, uh, it, it sets a part of the foundation of uh, what is uh, central to the characters both they both although they're, they're, they're brothers they're mm-hmm. at odds with each other and they do care about each other but their their competitive natures mm-hmm. uh, between themselves and the rest of the world are always at odds uh-huh. um, so how true to form is this uh, or parallel to your life Last call. It is one hundred percent parallel to my life. Wow. Many, many of the things that you see in the episodes uh, throughout the season uh-huh. uh, are things that I've experienced, things that I've witnessed, yeah. <laughs> um, and things that most people would not believe ever happened. And I can't wait to finish writing the next few seasons and get them uh, recorded because uh-huh. uh, it's it'll be hilarious. It'll be shocking. Uh-huh. Uh, it'll be very over the top. And, I honestly believe no one's going to believe anything, uh, yeah, but right. let me tell you, the, the world of gay porn and nightlife is quite interesting yes, <laughs> outside absolutely. of the studio. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. People, all they see is the glamour part. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. They don't see the, you know, the literal blood, sweat, and tears yes, that goes, right. and piss that goes into everything. <laughs> and piss and calm and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah all, all, the, all the good parts, all the good parts. <laughs> Well, um, we've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's get to know Mike Drayden a little bit. So, where are you from originally? Uh, well, uh, I was born and raised in Brooklyn. And, uh, oh, okay. You're a native New Yorker? Yes, uh, Williamsburg and Greenpoint sections. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a native Brooklynite, native New Yorker, um, and that's where I grew up. Um, I've lived in Manhattan, where I live now. Um, I've lived in Queens, but I'm from New York. 
Uh-huh. This is home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now you have brothers and sisters, or yes. what was your home life like? Yeah, I have a sister. Uh, we're not as close as I wish we were, but I have uh-huh. a sister. Uh, my parents are both living. They're, they're divorced, though. Okay. <laughs> I'm feeling a, a shrink session coming on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my parents how does that divor- make you feel? How does, it makes me feel sad, and, and uh, like I want to have sex and, <laughs> and get drunk. <laughs> no. no uh, I, looking I, for validation. Looking for validation from daddies all around the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I came to terms with my parents' uh, divorce uh, when I was in my mid-teens, mind you, they've mm. been divorced since I was three. Wow. So, um, but I, they, what, my, what my, an interesting family dynamic to actually, or environment to grow up in. Well, you know, this was the 70s and 80s. Uh, I think mm. the, the, it's not the world that we are in now, obviously. But, um, you know, one end of the neighborhood to the other, everybody knew each other. Right, right now, right. I walk through my old neighborhood when I visited my dad recently, and I don't recognize anyone, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know anyone there. It's very, yeah. very strange. Uh, but it was just, you know, from the time I left the house to I got the park, you know, five phone calls went home. You know, I just saw yeah. Michael climbing a tree. I just yeah. saw Michael sitting on a car, you know, things <sighs> like that. You know, I, I could never get away with anything, Yeah, okay. which was a good thing and a bad thing because I we agree. were always safe uh-huh. no matter, no matter yeah. what. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't that an amazing sense of community Yeah, that, uh, that it seems to be lacking today in America? Um. In America as a whole, I don't know. Uh, uh-huh. I can only talk about uh, my experience. But what I can say is um, I'm disconnected from, you know, what neighborhoods are like. Uh, New York has become right. so transient in a, in a mm-hmm. good way where people come, they make their, their way, they either uh, stay and build or they take what they've learned and move on. Right. Um, so the, that sense of community I don't feel as I did when I was a teenager. Right. Um, but the sense of community that I have now is with my fellow artists, like you uh-huh, and other right, people within the industry, right. um, doing their own thing and mainstream work. You know, I have that sense of community. So we're right. all doing the same Most things. Definitely, we can relate to each other. We can, you know, talk about you know the good, bad, and the ugly. You yeah, know, right, right. Because we've all been there, <laughs> yeah. and and it's all also kind of like an extended family or or a yeah. family of choice in a way. Yeah, exactly uh-huh. that. Uh, we we pick our families most of the time. You know, we have our our blood relations, but I think as we grow through life, we pick our own families, you yeah. know, the people yeah. we're close to, we, we trust, we confide in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, so you went to school in Brooklyn, like you went through middle school, high school? Yeah, and in, in uh, Manhattan as well. Um, mm-hmm. I went to private school uh, in Brooklyn. I went to one year of yeshiva when I was a child, but that didn't go very well because I'm mixed and, you know, the they were not so... Uh, Accepting, <laughs> accepting, yeah, you know, uh, the kids students, yeah, oh, okay. you know, stuff like that. Right, but um, I'll be honest with you, the the yeshiva boys, they were all punks. They couldn't fight. <laughs> uh-huh. But the the public school and the high school kids, oh my god, I got into scu- uh, scuffles and uh, I walked away wow. from a few, but some I didn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's growing up, you know. Well, you mentioned, um, you also mentioned uh, mixed. That that what? Yeah, what kind of mixture or oh, what? Um, it. The basics for him, uh, you know, my dad is brown, my mom is white, um, he's Spanish and Greek, my mother is German-French-Sicilian. Oh, wow. You know, I speak a few different languages. Uh-huh. I grew up Catholic and Jewish. I identify with my Judaism. Wow, wow. You know. That's a lot. It is. It well, is. and actually, you've got your yarmulke on right I now. wear my yarmulke every day since my grandmother passed away. Oh, and, uh-huh. That's a... It's an interesting story. Uh, she passed away in 2000, and um, growing up, um, we didn't really... Uh, have um, a lot of uh, Jewish observances, except for 
um, Passover and uh, Shabbat, which is Friday night, mm-hmm. the beginning of uh, services or uh, religious observance over the weekend. Uh, but in our case, um, every Friday night, and this happened before my great-grandmother died, and she died when I was uh, three months old, uh, mm. is a family tradition. Everybody ended up at her house mm-hmm. on Friday nights, and nice. we had you know dinner, and it was, but it was not a, a big and, Jewish thing. But and, and this was your mother's? My mother's family, okay. yeah. Uh, then she passed, and all of this transferred over to my Aunt Jeannie, uh, in her at her place in, in Greenpoint. So um, those were our observances. Passover, nobody ever missed Passover. We were mm-hmm. always at my grandmother's house every uh-huh. Passover. And the similarities... I love those traditions. Yeah, um, uh-huh. I miss them a lot. Um, so we uh, that that's pretty much how I grew up observing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, you mentioned the Catholicism. Is there any part of that that you still uh, um, address or, or have adopted? Uh no, not really. Um, uh-huh. I, I guess it's a part of my being and how mm-hmm. I understand the world, um, but I've never really felt connected to it. Uh, to put it in perspective and why I, I identify with being with my Judaism, for me, going to church on Sundays, it was always uh, the gloom and doom and uh, oh, the proselytizing of how we were sinners and the, yeah, that you're wrong and, and those uh-huh. ki- those kinds of things. For me, Judaism was always a conversation and discovery in what belief systems are like uh-huh. they would, here's here's an idea let's debate it and uh-huh. no one's interpretation was ever wrong um no one's interpretation was ever dismissed it was you were encouraged to argue your point and discover and learn and listen to other people's point of view and it, oh, it just made me uh closer to that as far as the religious doctrine uh-huh. goes um and there there's some hard line and hard nose uh, points of views in Judaism as well but that's not been my experience as opposed to the catholicism right but that's so interesting because um that i can see would help you to sort through a lot of things and to really identify what you want and what you don't want and and uh, by by being encouraged to state your point of view or argue your point of view. Yeah. And, yeah. and because growing up, I grew up in a Christian uh, Baptist out in the Midwest, and that was just shut up and just trust right, what, exactly. what the preacher's saying right. that, that, and don't question it. Yeah, and that was pretty much a lot of my uh, Catholicism upbringing, too. In school and at church. But at home, you know, when I asked these kinds of questions, my mom would, you know, talk to me about it and ask me, well, what do you think? How do you feel about that? And, you know, I never really told her how I felt about it, but um, she kind of got the gist that I wasn't, Uh like, connecting, you know. Yeah. But she did an an exemplary job uh, raising us and including religion as a a foundation for understanding the world, I guess, Uh for that explanation. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) So, no, I mean, you've got such a, a nice, exotic look to you because you could be Latin, you could be Jewish, you could be um, Greek, you could be, you know, just, I mean, you could uh, pass for so several different things. I, I do, I do. Uh, I, there was a time I was a bank teller, <laughs> and uh, it was in Midtown across the streets from um, Smith & Walensky. Mm-hmm. It was a very famous steakhouse here in New York, and um, many of the Arabic workers in the area and the hotels and uh, restaurants they would come to my window because they thought i was middle eastern and just speak to me in arabic and i was like i don't speak arabic (laughs) you know um many times when i you know if you don't i I wear my my yarmulke all the time so usually i have my baseball cap on it's pretty much my signature look everybody Uh knows me i'm in a baseball cap you know people wouldn't automatically start speaking to me in spanish not 
thinking I may not be Spanish, but, you know, that's fine. I yeah. understand I speak Spanish fluently. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, Jews see me. Now, I, I, have, to, I have to admit, my Hebrew sucks. I, I, <laughs> I speak Spanish fluently. I know tourist Greek, meaning if I get lost in Greece, I can find right. a toilet, uh-huh. and I can find a place to stay and get some right. food. That's uh-huh. it. Um, my Italian is uh, it's horrible, but it's not that far from Spanish, so, right. you know, a few, few vowels here and there. Work I can, your way through. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I can get through, but uh, my Hebrew... So bad. <laughs> so um, uh, that that's uh, a hardship for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I can pass for for a lot, and I, mm-hmm. I think that's um, uh, an interesting superpower to have. I guess you yeah, know. Right. Um, I mean, it, it, again, it's for an, an interesting and unique human experience. Yeah, um, uh-huh. I I'm very much aware of how people um, around me are observe me in those uh-huh. cases. You know, and. Uh, or, or get a sense of what they might feeling when they when they look at me or right. when they sit next to me or you know, it 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 helps me to uh, create characters in my mind and uh, yeah. people I'm going to write about <laughs> or get people to say certain things you know yes. based on the reaction people have of me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now, one last question with yeah. Judaism. Now, the yarmulke. What does that represent, or what is the purpose of that? Well, the traditional uh, purpose is. Uh, it, in in the the Talmud, uh, it's written mm-hmm. that uh, no no man should t- uh, turn their back or their head to God. So this is a uh, a sign of respect that I'm not showing you the back of my head, and to remind me that God is always above me. Right? Okay. Uh, for people, and not to go into very long explanations with other people when I you know don't want to get into a deep conversation about it, I'll say it's just it has the same com- the uh, meaning as a crucifix. So think of it okay. that way. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, they can wrap their mind around that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's good. Um, so let's talk about your creative endeavors. So um, let's start with acting. So have you always had a passion for acting? Or when, when did you f- realize that you had the spark? Uh, I realized it when I was a teenager. Um, uh-huh. And uh, this... <laughs> public school? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I was at public school. And it was actually um, Michael J. Fox that... Uh, got me interested in it and uh interesting basically i was you know like most teenagers at the time i had a huge crush on him i saw all Uh his movies i was addicted to family ties um i watched the reruns all the time and um i wanted to even had a couple (laughs) wet dreams about him (laughs) i had some fantasies with him too yeah uh so i wanted to do i'm like how do i get to do what they're doing maybe i could do it with him too and be a part of this family or be like the other neighbor person and you know ride skateboards and travel through time with him you know stuff like that so i told my mom i'm like I want to. I want to do what he does. How do I get to yeah. do what he does? I like. She's like, "Do you want to be an actor?" I'm like, "Well, yeah. How do I be an actor?" She's like, "Well, you need to talk to your uncle Pablo." And it turns out that my uncle, my grandfather's uh, brother on my father's side, he's an independent filmmaker. Oh my goodness! And uh, she talked to him about it, and so I spent a, a weekend with him, and we talked about theater and uh, plays. And he asked me, "He's like, what do you know about acting?" I'm like, "I, I don't know. Uh, uh-huh. I see people on TV and." And uh, doing stuff, I want to do that. And he said, well, have you ever read a play? And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. He said, have you ever seen a script? And I said, no. Uh, so he pulls out a whole bunch of plays. He pulls wow. out a whole bunch of scripts. And he God goes, bless Uncle Pablo. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we got to talking. And uh, every Sunday I would go over to his house and we'd read. Um, he had me study a scene from Tea and Sympathy. And I worked on that with him. And then he oh saw my, my potential. And he enrolled me at HB Studio, which was my very first acting uh, 
teaching experience. Uh-huh. I want it, it. It's a very for people who don't know, HB Studio was started by Herbert Berghoff and Uta Hagen, yeah. and uh, uh, she was a very words cannot describe or give her honor but she was one of the most premier actresses in the world uh-huh. um, and I got to do a scene study class with her before she passed oh, and wow. I, I think I was How 17 cool. at the time Oh my gosh. and basically she made me cry she called me an idiot I didn't know what I was doing and she told me to get out of her class oh. <laughs> <laughs> which was a very important learning uh moment for me because uh-huh. that's when I understood what theater is uh-huh. my improv teacher at the time which was Trudy Steibel she used to be a soap actress she really, really pushed me. And uh, improvising doesn't come easy for me. But um, there were moments where she, and these were her words. She's like, I was stunned. What was that? Where'd that come from? Hmm. Um, so it's like when you're in the moment and you're just being in the moment, things happen. You say things and you react and right. you, it, things just happen. And I wish those moments were recorded because when I know that it was what made her react that way is at the end of it, I don't remember a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Like it's a complete blur. Like we started and then we're done and, and, and uh-huh. I don't re- remember anything. Oh, and that's yeah. happened three times in my life. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, so, and I, I look from, forward to more of those moments. Absolutely. So that's how I, I got started in, uh, in, in performing. Uh-huh. Well, and that, we'll come back and we'll touch a little bit more on that. But that kind of led up to last call, which yeah. we'll take a look at another scene, which I think might even have somebody somewhat familiar in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you'll see someone very familiar in this next clip. <laughs> I am here with the fabulous and wonderful Mike Drayden from Last Call. Are you going to move into the house? What, and leave all this? Commute from Asbury on the train? No. I see your point. But look at it this way. You wouldn't have to pay rent. And you'd be three blocks from the beach. That's not so great when you're in the middle of the winter. I mean, the summer's about as much as I can take. Yeah. Listen, there's uh, something I need to uh, tell you. And uh, it's been a long... Oh, my God. I can't believe it's Jake Rose in the flesh. No. I, I think you have me confused with someone oh, else. Oh, I'm like, you're a huge fan. I'm like, you're no, you're Jake Rose. Uh, oh, I would recognize that face and body anywhere. I must have one of those those bo- uh, faces. Faces. Uh, oh, well, listen, yes. can I get your autograph? Uh, sure, sure, why not? Uh, who, who should you I want his autograph? If you don't mind. No, not a problem, sure. Whatever you want. <laughs> who, who to who? Make it out to Michael, your oh, number my. one fan. <laughs> All right, to Michael. My number one fan, Jake Rose. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, just Oh, can I get a picture too? Uh, sure, sure. Why not? Why not? And maybe a kiss. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. So, welcome back to Artists Exposed with Tim Moss, right here on UBC TV. Um, we just saw another clip from Last Call, and lo and behold, I'm in it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I got to tell you, you blew us away. Oh. That entire day, uh, you know, it was very hot that day. Oh, it was. It was, uh, we lost our original sound guy. Uh-huh. You don't know this. We lost our original sound guy, and then I had to call a friend, and then he called a friend, and then we had someone there, like, just minutes oh be- my before goodness. we had to start shooting and uh-huh. uh, before Bianca showed up to do our scene. And it, it worked out well, uh-huh. but uh, we thought we were going to die. We were like, okay, we got to figure something. I was going through my, my idea. Okay, I have some money. I'm gonna, maybe I'll just run over to Best Buy and get like a, a, a mic that we can boom it. I don't uh-huh. know, whatever. 
and uh, yeah, but that was that was the her- and he had all the equipment. He had everything. Nice. You saw that, right? Yes. It was so. I have uh, really good guys, uh, Nick and Boris. Those are my two go-to guys, and uh-huh. I will I will always hire those guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, you you okay? So when I originally wrote this scene. I knew I wanted you in the show because you're oh, you're just hopefully. so gregarious and you're so larger than life <laughs> and it would it would not have come off anybody nobody else could have done it the way the way I want it and you did it you nailed it and uh, even afterwards I was talking to Bianca she's like oh my god he's just too amazing it's just just too amazing oh that's so, so sweet yeah we had a we had a blast and that uh, was a very fun shoot it, it was. <laughs> Yeah, I'll never forget. Oh, it. and I came across the picture of us like with me trying to stick my tongue down. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah, that was my uh, my uh, Facebook cover photo for a very long time because it it's just brilliant. And Bianca going, yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, see, it, it, that's what's so cool about um, getting to do your own thing and create your own yes, stuff. You yes. you learn the process. You learn. You know. You, you have the the downfalls and you have the super highs and yeah. Y- you learn so much. You meet so many different people and and you see where you, how far you can go and you understand where your limits are and then you just go past them and then you realize yes, those were absolutely. not. They were just limits in your mind and absolutely. You uh-huh. know, I, wearing every hat is the hard part. I because they were right. you know trying to let go and let everybody do their thing so I could just be actor Mike. You know it it. It takes a lot of um, mind shifting, but absolutely everybody stepped up, and we had so much fun. Uh-huh. I'll never forget that that day. It's like one of my favorite <laughs> episodes that we did. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's rewind and back up a little bit sure. here. So, um, well, first, no, firstly, um, last call. How can people find Last Call? Uh, well, we're on YouTube. We have our whole first season up on the channel. It's the Last Call web series. Um, very easy to find. Um, we have some behind the scenes stuff. We have some bloopers and outtakes. Um, we have uh, full episodes, all 12 for the first season are up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you can find it there. And we're also on Facebook. We have our own channel on Facebook. Uh-huh. You can see stuff there, behind-the-scenes stuff, all, all that great thing. Very Follow cool. along. That's where we, we keep everybody up to date okay. on what's coming next and where we are. Uh, and just to let you guys know and you, um, we're we're in pre-production for season two now. Oh, And wonderful. we hope to start shooting next spring. Uh-huh. And Congratulations. I, thank you. I want it to be, like, completely perfect you know make sure we yes. have everything locked down and uh scripts uh-huh. are written and that's part of the thing too we're rewriting a few things so just to make it more um succinct in how the uh-huh. story is going to progress yeah so. very cool i'm so happy for you thank that's you. wonderful thank you. thank you so um well we were talking about uh, you're going to acting school oh yeah so did you um theater normal usually theater is the first introduction to to acting did yeah. you do uh, theater y- uh yes i did um it, as part of the, this whole educational uh uh process that my uncle took me through uh was he took me to see my very first play and oh. that was as is oh and, wow you know for a 17 year old one the the, the material is kind of heavy yeah but um you know i was pretty much um raised with a lot of uh information so it wasn't shocking, and I was just coming out too. And my uncle was the first person actually said the words "I'm gay" uh, wow. too. Um, wow! So he took me to see this play. He and my uncle Ron took me to see it, and and the first thing I, I fell in love with Lou Libertor, who's a, a dear friend of mine now and a mentor of sorts. Hey, Lou! <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I saw so many amazing people doing this thing live. Right. And I just could not, I could not sit still. I was on the edge of my seat like this, like the entire time. And my uncle's like putting his hand on my shoulder trying to get me to come back. And I'm like trying to get up and I just wanted to get up there. And I was so excited. And I'll rem- I remember 
not every moment, but there are specific moments that stood out, like the, the uh-huh. leather guy in the bar scene, the sex scene, the ki- the first time I saw two men kiss in a room uh-huh. full of people. What? Yeah. What they do? What? Yeah. And nobody's upset? What? <laughs> this is amazing. And- you know, because at that time, if you were gay, it was underground. It wasn't out in public people didn't walk down the street holding hands i think i think it was the beginning of it because uh you know in the mid 80s i mean we were suffering through the the aids crisis like full on in the beginning of it and uh people were out you know they Mm -hmm. we i I was what 17 so 17 years before we had the first uh, riots and then the marches and you know my generation came into a time where that generation before paved the way for us to hold hands and kiss in public uh-huh, and yeah. I was just discovering this so it yeah. was just mind blowing so um, he took me to see that play he put me in school and it was my introduction to theater and then um, fast forward a, a few years I was in the youth program at the LGBT community center and okay. uh, we created a uh, theater troupe oh nice and we performed plays that we wrote ourselves which oh, was I basically free writing any any thought or comment uh-huh. and we created a scene around these things where we and then we end up developing these full-on shows that we performed at the center and at off-broadway off off-broadway theaters in the village and wow. in soho and and i was like i'm on my way and uh i'm doing it and i was like oh my god this is really well, happening how how fortunate for you too, backing up to your mother who was supportive and opened a door for you to pursue your passion yeah. and your uncle to kind of guide you and help and teach you um, the the path. I mean, that that's wonderful. And then you're also getting involved at the LGBT Center yeah. to learn how to take a, a thought, put it down on paper, create the scene, and actually put it up on stage, too. Yeah, that was an interesting uh, process as well. Um, my, my writing skills I earned... Uh, when I was in college at Boricua College and we had a whole um, every semester there was a whole uh, process of learning how to write through these modules and I forget the exact name of the class but we would get a say a newspaper article and every module was a step first you were interpreting it so I had to mm-hmm. rewrite and write an interpretation of this article then I had to uh, summarize it then I had to uh, uh, oh, I forget but it was many processes uh-huh. toward the end of the entire uh, semester and I learned a lot about reading and comprehension that you don't learn when you're going to normal uh, mm-hmm. high school and pr- uh, uh, grammar school in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's more of a college level of, of that, obviously. Uh, but I learned how to read and write differently, and it helped me with my creative process mm-hmm. where, okay, I have this thought. How do I express this in a way someone's going to understand? Or how do I just say it in a way that I want to leave innuendo or uh-huh. you know, different right. different ways? Right. So. Um, that happened that way. And then how do you structure what you just wrote to something that's uh, performable? Because right. not everything right. is doable uh-huh. and not everything can be blocked in a certain way. Um, or you have to change your complete idea of it because this is the, the initial form, but it's supposed to be something else. Uh-huh. And you learn that uh, the hard way and as well. Yeah, and a lot of times, you know, what, what you see in your mind doesn't, Wor- fit on, yeah, it doesn't translate on Agreed. stage that well. Agreed. And uh, my teachers there, uh, 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 Barbara Bickard and Bridget Hughes, they were the the counselors. I get they ran the department that mm-hmm. part, that youth program of the 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 mental health or and uh, youth uh, department of the of the center. Um, and they became surrogate moms to mm-hmm. me as well. Uh, so uh, 
Yeah, they were instrumental in in that process too. So uh-huh. that's <laughs> wonderful. Okay, it's time for some porn. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you how did you find your way in t- into porn? Was that from acting? That was a complete and utter accident. Uh, okay, you so were walking down the street I naked and street. tripped, and your I penis fell on somebody on on a, <laughs> on a set at the Eagle. <laughs> On the, oh, the eagle! Yeah, okay. on the on the pool uh-huh. table. Uh, a lot of those cum stains belong to me. I admit it. <laughs> um, no, um, I I had been doing real estate for about ten years at this point, and mm-hmm. um, I originally got into it because uh, you know dealing with the agent that I got my first apartment uh, through was a complete d- fiasco. It was right. Uh, it really depends of, on the company. Yeah, well, this was a neighborhood guy who was a yeah. complete incompetence. And I mean, I found out I had the apartment a whole week after I got the apartment. Oh, so, my you know, God. Yeah, it was stupid. And I was, you know, so I figured I could do a much better job. So I, it was a great learning experience for me, how, right. running my own business, because a lot of people don't understand that when you're a real estate agent, it, it's not about you having your days free and you could do whatever you want, exactly. sell an apartment, rent an apartment, and you can go about your business. It's There's a lot more to it than Absolutely. that. And uh, you learn how to... R- uh, run and cultivate your own business. Absolutely. I don't know if you know, but I am also a licensed real estate broker in New York. <laughs> that I know, yeah. Uh, so I started out, and um, you know, 10 years later, I was just ex- tired of the grind. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, grind. it was not what I uh, wanted. I thought I could make, you know, do good by money right. and take care of myself. And I see a lot of my friends who were doing it at the time, and they were, they were being very successful. And I did okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was not... It was not my passion, and I kept, right. I hear you. you know, finding all these different things, performance-wise, to do, but never really bit the bullet and went right. back to uh, to finish my degree. So, um, I said, you know, screw it, um, and I got a job at a gym, and it just so happened to be, uh, hey, I, I could do customer service. I've done a receptionist. I'll answer this ad. Uh-huh. Turned out to be David Barton Gym when they were on Twenty okay. Third Street. So I okay. got hired. Little did I know that was, you know, the. The center of gay nightlife in yeah. New York during the day. Yeah, that's, that's where right, everybody exactly. worked out before they went out to the bars and did the big weekends, right? Uh-huh. So I met a lot of people that I'd seen, you know, dancing on boxes or I'd yeah. seen in porn. And, you know, I met so many people. And because I was there at the desk, it was, you know, exciting. You know, I was uh-huh. making new friends. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. So uh, one of my friends that I made, his name is Damien Cross. A lot of you may know. Uh-huh. Uh, legendary porn star. Um you know, we became friends and we were talking and we were hanging out. And uh, so I was at Stereo one night and I said, you know, I think I might want to try this. And he said, go for it. Uh-huh. Like, what do you have to lose? And I'm like, hmm, what do I have to lose? So I thought about it. Okay, I was, well, let's see. Uh, this was 2007. I was 38 at the time. I I uh, lived my teen years, the, the, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, my 20s where you're starting to, you know, uh, build a foundation of a career. Right. I lived through my career, which yeah, was real right. estate. Um, I didn't really have anything to lose as far as right. that goes because, you know, nothing I did at that point going forward is not going to jeopardize any chances of anything that I want to do. Uh-huh. So I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. And I just did one. I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. Uh-huh. And it exploded from there. Yeah. Um, somehow. Exploded in more ways than one. But up, bum. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that slipped, yeah. Seriously, exploded. Um, somehow, uh, uh, it was with Nightstick Films. They, they, mm-hmm. they are no longer around. But um, someone over at Butch Bear got a, a hold of a copy, mm-hmm. and they asked me to do something for them. I said, okay. So then someone at uh, Raging Stallion saw that, uh-huh. that Butch Bear thing, and then someone at Titan saw that Butch Bear thing, yeah. and then uh, someone at Lucas Entertainment saw that Titan thing I did, yeah. and 
it just ballooned from there. And I'm like, you know what? I'm having fun. I'm making yeah, money. Exactly. I'm traveling uh-huh. for free because I didn't have to pay for any of that. They, they nice. made sure I got there. Um, except for one time. Uh, and I just... I, I just loved it. it was well, like, I was going to say, what was that experience like? Because I find that there's a different approach. Well, this is going in a different direction. But, like, girls are brought up to believe sexually that you know, uh, to protect the flower and this. <laughs> because, I mean, they can get pregnant and yeah. it can be a lifetime commitment yeah. one night of having sex. Right. Whereas with the man, it just feels good. So it's it's almost like men are kind of known as conquerors or to get out and do. And sex is wonderful. Every man loves sex. And if you can get paid to do it and have sex and enjoy what you're doing, that sounds like a winning combination. Whereas it seems like a lot of the women that I, I know, uh, and again, this is a blanket statement, <laughs> Um, but many of them had been molested when they were young, or they have some type of trauma in their past yeah. that has led them to go to those extremes. So were you? So were you just horny? <laughs> was I horny or molested? Uh, uh, I think it would be this equivalent for some men as well too. Uh, we yeah, all have different ex- experiences. Uh, for me, it was it was just a. A lark. I did it on a lark. Um, right. I enjoyed. I enjoyed having the sex. I enjoyed getting making money from sex mm-hmm. um, without <laughs> being a hooker. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, right. But I enjoyed right. entertaining. I, I uh-huh. enjoyed putting on a performance. So I, like exhibitionism. I, and, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I, I go go danced for a long time around New York City mm-hmm. uh, before I actually did that. And um, I mean, I even won an award one year for Go-Go Boy of the uh-huh. Year. And for me, being on that box, I, you know, I put my cap down low. I created this character, and I was dancing and dancing uh-huh. and dancing. And I was just in Which this, the acting came in again. Right. And uh-huh. I, I was in this world where I created this character. And that character transferred over to the film. And which a lot of my a lot of guys today too are, are doing that. You've seen them go go dancing around, right. you know, all over LA and New York, and now they're doing porn too. And you know, their characters are transferring over. Uh-huh. Um, it is the same as any movie set, as any uh, mainstream right, pro- pro- right. uh, uh, project. Uh, you, and the sex is very different. It's scripted. Right. Right. It's planned out. Uh-huh. It's uh, angle. angles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you you prepare, and, and your mind is not in that same space as you would be when you meet someone or you have a hookup or uh-huh. you're in right. a relationship. Right. Your your mind is very different, so you have to train yourself to go there, like you would right. do when you're in uh, creating a character in something else that's not uh-huh. non sexual. Uh, so, you know, you have to be able to focus and and your mind mm-hmm. in that direction. Um, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but uh, well, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's a performance. Uh, you yeah. create a performance, yeah. and I enjoy. One of the things you you learn is not to spike the camera. Where you look into the camera and you you break that fourth wall. For right. some projects, it works. Right. Um, right. There are times where I knew that what I was doing, the person on the other side of that camera or the other side of that DVD, uh, was enjoying what I was doing. So I, everything I did was for their pleasure. Right, right. And I made it obvious that they knew that I knew they were watching. Uh-huh. At least I hope so. And uh, I, get, I got fan mail based on that, or uh-huh. people enjoyed certain things. And I knew once I got comments on those moments that I did right. what I set out to do, right. and it worked. Uh-huh. Um, but it's all about the performance so, and, and the entertaining. Uh-huh. I enjoyed it, yeah. So now, uh, so why did you stop with the porn? I got tired. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. I, 
there, there was a time where I thought I was going to be doing some uh, production work for a, a particular studio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I r- wrote out all the proposals. I worked up all the... Was this for porn? Yeah. Or, okay. I was going to cre- uh, help them revive uh, a line that they had let go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like I said, I did the proposals. I did all the financial workups. And, you know, I selected the cast that would help uh, relaunch it. And I really thought it was going to go somewhere. But um, at the end, they pulled the plug. And mm-hmm. so I thought, you know, I don't think i want to chase down these kinds of gigs anymore and right, i wasn't right. sure what i wanted to do so um i spoke to a friend of mine his name is thorn he uh is the creator and editor of um instigator magazine uh out in la and mm-hmm. as we were talking you know he said well why don't you come stay here for a while stay at the loft work on a magazine until you figure it out and mm-hmm. i thought you know why the hell not i've never lived outside of new york before la is cool great opportunity uh yeah, so I went. I was there for three months. I worked on the magazine. I did a lot of the social media stuff. I did a lot of the mailing of the magazines. Um, but what c- continuously kept happening was on my way to the gym daily, I was passing this acting school. Mm-hmm. And it was unavoidable because it was the only way down to get to the gym. You had to go past this acting school. And I was meeting a lot of people who were in L.A. to be actors. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, not to, not to disparage them, but they were young and they were right, blinded yeah. by the glitz and the glam. I they wanted to be mean. stars. And I don't want to sound like a snob, but to me, acting is the theater. You know, the process, uh-huh. the agree. craft, the work, yeah. and the performance. Uh-huh. And um, all of that, people who, who get that and are successful in television, you can tell the difference. Absolutely. And a lot Absolutely. of these people, young people I met, they were not there. And right. I think that they'll either get it discover it or they will not Please. and then go yeah. on right <laughs> so but i realized all right i think that's my move that, mm-hmm. that's what i'm going to do i'm going to go back to new york finish my degree and hit the ground running because i knew if i was going to make theater the rest of my life the only th- th- it would be a success if i did it here at home where i have my support system right i know right. the lay of the land and uh-huh. i could hit the ground running as i said yeah well and that eventually led up to last call which yes. which that's one thing that i really admire is and and i've told you this too mm-hmm. is it takes so much because it's theater is different than film which is different than television which is different they they're all Acting, acting in each one of those is a, is a completely different approach, yes, yes. and um, but I've told you before, I, it's so impressive to me, um, and I don't know if this started from a need to want to do your own thing, but to take a concept, an idea, to put it on paper, to cast it, to find the locations, get the equipment. Um, shoot it, schedule it, shoot it, film it, edit it, and get it out on on YouTube <laughs> yeah. is a huge process, and it requires a lot of dedication. And not just every anybody can do that. So I am very impressed oh, with that. Thank you. I'm honored. I, I'm very uh, grateful for those words. I love. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, yes, it is a very long, lengthy process, and it is the reason why our first two episodes were up first and then it took an entire year to get the rest going and it was exactly that location scouting writing right uh securing the cast you know all of those things that go into it um the equipment saving up you know spending a lot of money out of my own pocket to you know feed everybody and transportation on those rainy days mm-hmm. and you know high, paying for the sound guy and for the the camera guy and right you know those things um 
the actors all did it on um, uh, uh, deferments, and it, it it really meant a lot. So mm-hmm. it, it people came together, but it was a long road, and a lot of people to thank. I mean, the list is long, but mm-hmm. um, I'm glad I did it. And it all started really um, while I was in my bedroom one day. I had, I had an audition. I don't think it went very well. Um, I did get a callback from it, but I thought it sucked my first time out. And uh-huh. um, But I didn't get the gig. And, I, I, and that was the fifth of many that um, I didn't get. And I thought, oh, my God. I knew this was going to be tough, but, oh, my God, what the fuck am I doing with right. myself? Uh-huh. And I thought, okay, don't let that in. You know, that's that little voice, that little yeah, fucker in the back of your mind. Exactly. And I just started flipping through um, articles on... Um, uh, Facebook, you know, just reading stuff. And then this thing from backstage popped up about uh, actors creating their own opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, this has been my entire life. You know, when I came home one day from the park crying because I got into, uh, I was d- devastated because the neighborhood kids wouldn't let me play with them. Uh-huh. And my mother said, well, why don't you just make your own games? Absolutely. I can make my own games? Yeah. What? Uh-huh. So uh, I, I love that been, attitude. I've been doing my own thing for a long time uh-huh. I, I get in a room where people are doing something and i don't necessarily fit in with what they're doing but i do something just like it uh-huh same thing absolutely so this article was talking about actors or people who are just making their own opportunities and it was you know putting up plays putting up a reading uh, creating a web Love series yep. I'm like what is a web oh shoot youtube that's what and i just started going on youtube looking at different things and i'm like oh my god where where would i begin with this so then I thought, you know what, I'm going to write my memoir. And I'm like, okay, I'm, this, what, this was a few years ago. So I was like 44, maybe. Uh-huh. And I started, uh, or 43. I started writing my memoir. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm only 43 years old. I have, what is my memoir? So I'm writing, I'm writing, and then it just hit me like a brick. <laughs> I'm sitting on five years of experiences. Nobody, Absolutely. Nob- from <laughs> real estate to porn to nightlife to go-go dancing. Oh, my God. And I just started writing, and I started writing. I'm like, oh, she could play this. Oh, he could play yeah, that. Right. Oh, he would be my brother. Oh, and it's just like, oh, oh, it's happening in my mind. It's happening. And I just wrote and wrote and I wrote. Love and I love when that clicks. It, yeah, and uh-huh. I did it all freehand in my journal. All freehand, wow. freehand, freehand, freehand. And then I said, okay. I went back. I started rereading everything. And I said, okay, I think I have an outline for a script. Where do we start? Okay. Uh, my first day of porn. How did that happen? Oh, right. I just filled out the application. That's going to be the first episode. Okay. Um, and then it, that you'll you know people will see how that turns out for Leo. Um, uh, so yeah, I started writing, and that that one article blew my mind and set me on the course where last call was going to be about my my life, my experiences, uh-huh. um, and it'd be a platform for everyone in my same level mm-hmm. of trying to get there. To use Last Call as a stepping stone, whether they were behind the camera, if they were a grip, if they right. were PA, if they did makeup, if they did hair, if they did the lighting, if they were the DP, uh-huh. uh, whoever was involved in Last Call can go to them and say, I did this on this shoot, and they're yeah. in the credits, and they Absolutely. got the credit for it. that's great. Um, all of us who are in front of the camera, we could say, I did this, I can use this uh-huh. for, you know, a reel. You know, and that was the, the basis for creating this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, material for me to use for my reels, like when I go out for other stuff. Um, and then from those writings, I have these other ideas that came to mind uh, for future projects that could uh-huh. either be one-offs, short films, or maybe another couple of uh, web series, which uh-huh. I, I think might be that. And uh, uh, one will be like a, a, sh- a short film. Uh-huh. Good. Um, and as all of this is coming to light, I'm realizing I'm my uncle's nephew. 
you yes, know, I'm doing yes, yes. I'm doing all these things, and I uh-huh. talked to him a lot about it. And, oh, good. Uh, you know, he he was. I bet he's so proud of you. He is incredibly proud of me, and uh, I, I visited him recently at his uh, retirement home, and uh, you know, we got to talking, and um, I showed him because he had not seen any of it, uh-huh. and I showed it to him, and he was just sitting there crying, and oh. he's like, "I am very proud of you," and uh, that that really touched me. So um, I'm realizing that. You know, I, I have the gene from him. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, absolutely. Uh, in, in more ways than one. Absolutely. So, uh, all of these ideas are brought, uh, came to life, uh, step by step, mm-hmm. moment by moment, connected me to so many people in in mainstream that have been uh, mentors and friends and and cheerleaders and uh-huh. and uh, kvetching uh, partners, <laughs> where we could just let it all out. Yeah, and then just like, all right, stop, stop bitching, stop your whining, get, get out there, do your thing. And uh, supporting each other. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, my guest is the incredible Mike Drayden. He's the producer and writer and and director and grip and sound gri- sound man and all of this, so that he can act. <laughs> Mike Drayden and Last Call, and tell everyone again where where they can find Last Call. You can find Last Call on YouTube. We have our own channel. Uh, YouTube dot com slash Last Call Web Series. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can find my own channel, Mike Drayden, on YouTube, and I have a lot of fun stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, check it out. Follow us. Uh, subscribe on uh, Instagram and all of that. Leave comments. I love the comments because if people tell me what they think, what they liked, what they didn't like, you could even be shady. I don't care. I want to hear it all. Uh-huh. I want to know because it'll help build the story. Yeah. It, even maybe some you know thing you say might be a line in in the show. And yeah, right. You know, I'll let you know about it too. <laughs> <laughs> now, if people want to Google you, how do you give them the spelling of your name? Uh, <laughs> it's D R E Y D E N. First uh-huh. name Mike, yeah. Okay. It is not safe for work. I'm letting you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you do this at work, don't. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I am. I am so happy and so proud of you. Thank you. And. I can't wait to see what the future brings because there's so much more Mike Drayden to come. And uh, thank you for taking a little bit of time and sitting down and no, chatting. I mean this me, yeah. so much. Uh, oh, I love this, this guy right here. This guy. <laughs> You're everywhere. All over New York. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I'm having a ball. Having a ball with all my friends. <laughs> Mike Drayden right here. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you so much. Mike Drayden was my wonderful, wonderful guest this week on Artists Exposed with Tim Moss. Um, I am so proud of him and just, I just absolutely adore that man. So, well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Artists Exposed with me, Tim Moss. So this week, just be sure to tell the people in your life that you truly love, that you do love them. Give them a hug, give them a kiss, because when you send out pure love in this world, it just makes it a much, much better place to live. So until next week, this is Tim Moss from Artists Exposed with Tim Moss saying, have a wonderful, wonderful week. So I'm going to take the rest of the hour out with a couple more of my singles. Enjoy.
as usual. Don't pay attention to this song. Don't pay attention. We're told how to think and what we should do. Behave yourselves. Big Brother's watching you. The base of our decisions are in money and greed. We want our neighbor's things. Envy is the seed. We work our whole lives at jobs that make us old. For a party, a cake, and a watch made of gold. We work hard to buy things, pushing onward we try. Our health in decline, and life passed us by. We're told material things will fill that hole. That's deep down inside to the depths of our soul. Buy and obey. It's the only way. Don't do what you want. Just do what we say. That's how things are. And how they'll stay. Don't question things. Just buy and obey. The media loves to keep us in a state of constant fear with sensational horror stories throughout the entire year. What'll kill us today? Al-Qaeda or ISIS? Some storm, the flu, or some other crisis? Art no longer has talent. It's gimmick and flash. Music, film, theater, and television's just trash. We celebrate the mundane. We no longer feel. I hunger for depth, for art that is real. I am over. 
Law enforcement asked the public to do their work. Find this guy in the video. In your home, he may lurk. Feeding the mob mentality and fueling the fury. Turning the average Joe into judge and jury. Buy and obey. obey. It's the only way. way. Don't do what you want. Just do what we say. That's how things are. How they'll stay. Don't question things. Just buy and obey. We're being overrun by all the same stores. There's no more difference between our shores. Buy this, wear that, drive this so you're cool. Say this, look like that, believe this or you're a fool. Hipsters spend so much money to try to look poor. But attire does not mean you really know the score. Everyone wants a group where they feel they fit in. A tribe so familiar that they believe they're akin. Pharmaceuticals and drug companies own those on the hill. Hoping the public won't notice. Here, take another pill. They need you sick. They don't want a cure. Because their profit margin, they need to ensure. Buy and obey. It's the only way. Don't do what you want. Just do what we say. That's how things are. How they'll stay. Don't question things. Just buy. So please, be sure to keep casting your vote for your favorite reality show, and not the president of our nation. It's no longer of the people, by and for the people. It's now of, by, and for the corporation. Corporation. But we can change things if we really try. And it begins with us, you and I. Look deep inside for the truth you seek. No more believing the lies that we are weak. Deep within us all is our joyful treasure. We are each so powerful beyond measure. A shift in your thinking changes your actions and behavior. And with some time and hard work, you become your own savior. So don't buy and obey. Do it your own way. Do what you want, not what they say. We have the power to create a new day. So question things. Don't buy and obey.